Welcome to Soul Lies, where the spiritual and the soul crosses paths. Stay tuned to learn ways to grow your spiritual understanding in order to realize your soul beliefs. This podcast will help you learn the truth and propel you towards freedom in Christ Jesus. This is Jenny Fouts, licensed counselor in Louisiana at Christian Center Shreveport. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad that you are here, that you are joining us. And we are listening to Kathy McLennan tell her story of how she has grown through her life to finding Jesus and how she's managed to get to recovery. Because everyone, we all need recovery from all the things that we've grown up with. Maybe you didn't grow up with her kind of stuff, but we all grew up with something that you can choose and have recovery for. So we're at this place that Kathy has now gone through being an airline pilot, and I'm going to let her start with the next part. Well, I was realizing I hadn't told you about Jesus and how I found him, and it starts with the 12 steps. The first is we admit we're powerless over food and alcohol, that our lives have become unmanageable. The second is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And the third is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand him. And so therefore, there was the God business. And I kept slipping with food and I had to find a higher power. And I was an atheist. So I went to my dad's pastor and uh, talked to him. He was a real cool guy, and um, he helped me see some things. And then I went back to my college dorm room, and I locked the door and got on my knees at my bed and said, I felt very stupid and sheepish, and I said, Okay, God, if there is a God, I am willing to see it, show me. And Jesus, if you're real, I am willing to see it, show me. And that's what I tell people that are searching or don't believe. Just try it. What the heck, right? I mean, you can't go wrong trying it. What if it's true? And if it's true and you don't believe, you don't want to go to hell. So anyway, God has, over the last 41 years continuously shown me more and more and more and I love the Lord now it's just amazing so I after college I went to flight school I became a flight instructor ended up in a little commuter in Arkansas and then in Shreveport Louisiana I met my husband who was director of training and I'm sorry to say that he was married and we had an affair and um, you know that's something I am not proud of at all. We did stay together and you know God is really good. We've been married like 36 years and together 41 and I actually get along with his ex-wife who is century married and is a born-again Christian also. It's not like we're best friends or anything, but she has forgiven me and I have asked for her forgiveness. And, you know, God has brought a lot of good from that. 
And you guys get to share grandkids. Yes. I have two stepchildren. I never had, I never bore children, but I have two stepchildren and two granddaughters. Um, and my husband, Bill, you know, we've had our rocky times. I will say he is a really good person and he really means well. And he, <laughs> for whatever reason, he seems to really love me. And, um... He's very supportive of my recovery, and it just works. It's a chemical thing, I think. It's beyond me. I think God brought me here to the South, which is the Bible Belt in the U.S., and it's, you know, I love this place. I love the people, and I love the Lord, and I really love my husband's family. They're good people. See, God does... See, God does bring people to Shreveport. <laughs> you know, he brought me here. I never knew Louisiana existed until, you know, suddenly I'm moving here. So, you know, Shreveport is not off the radar with, we know that the father does love Shreveport and he is interested in what's going on in Shreveport and he does send people here. So we are excited that Kathy moved here. So Kathy, now that you're married and you're fine, what's going on in your life now at that point well there's a little hiccup here um bill the little airline went out of business i went to school and got my degree in nursing because there's no phd program here and there was no masters of counseling or social work but i thought okay if i get my my nursing degree i can become get my master's in psychiatric nursing and kind of go into the field that way. So I did, after I graduated, they said you need a year or two of experience. So I did that. I worked on a chemical dependency unit, coronary intensive care unit. And um, as I said, the little airline went out of business. Bill has no other um, way to support himself. So I put our applications to all the major airlines and we were hired. And I won't use the name, but it it was the largest airline in the world at the time. We were the first married couple that was ever hired together. And, um, And so we started that career. We were based alternatively in San Francisco, Chicago, and New York. And we kept our house in Shreveport and commuted. And uh, we had an apartment in the places we lived. So here she is now being a successful airline pilot after being a successful nurse. And yet something was missing. Mm-hmm. And what was, how did you start this spiral? That Well, a lot of people in their 30s, it seems like, these things crop up about family of origin and the sexual abuse and I was uh, working as hard as I could that's one of my hallmarks I'm a very hard worker and I was going to meetings and doing everything I could I went to counseling and I just was not happy and you know the irony is People would look at Bill and I and think, God, you guys got it made. We were making all sorts of money. You know, we're the largest airline in the world. Um, You know, we looked really good on the outside. 
but I was miserable inside. And weren't you flying? I mean, you and Bill didn't fly together, but you were flying all over the yeah, world doing those international. big, mm-hmm. big, long, giant flights. Mm-hmm. I flew on the 777, and I flew um, all over the Pacific and Europe, and I also flew during Desert Storm carrying troops into Saudi Arabia and Brussels. So it was, and I must say, I mean, it was a wonderful career, and I met wonderful people, and it's not, the career, I mean, sure, it's very exciting, it was, it was awesome, but it was also hard because it's a man's world, and I would get so crushed when anyone, you know, a lot of it was in my mind, too, if I felt like they didn't like me, or and um, so I had a lot still to learn. What was going on with your eating disorder at that time? Well, and I was sober for 13 years at this point. And my eating disorder, I tried so hard, but it was just super hard flying international to stay what we call abstinent. And I, I, I was bulimic at that time. I, you know, I'd put together periods of time of being absent and then I'd relapse and binge and purge and it was just a mess and no one knew this I mean I looked like this perfect little professional you know tall slender airline pilot you know it's crazy how life is just like as people we like to judge from the outside and we forget that as God said when he looked at David I don't look at the outside I look at the heart. And that's what he was telling Samuel. So, you know, Samuel was looking at the outside. He thought this big, tall, massive older brother was the one. But no, Mm -hmm. God had picked David, the little shepherd boy. (laughs) So oftentimes when we look at people, we forget, wonder what's going on on the inside. That's right. What's real on the inside. We say in in program... uh, don't compare your insides with another person's outsides. Yeah, that would keep us out of a lot of trouble, wouldn't it? Keep us <laughs> away from a lot of judgment as well, if we could just learn to do that. So was it, it was during this time that you started drinking? Well, um, and here's another bump in the road, and I'm sorry to say I had an affair. And uh, it was... Um, it was on and off for three years, and I was really obsessed with this person. I didn't know was it um, was it real? Should I divorce and go with him? And I started up counseling. And in program, they say you you can't you if you're not living up to your moral code, you're gonna end up drinking. And sure enough, you know my bulimia was out of order, and my and I did start drinking. I relapsed. And and I think that's real important what she said. You know, if we don't live up to the standard that we think that we have the things in our, in our heart, because basically you're feeling the conviction within your heart. So either you're going to go with that conviction or you're going to pull away from that conviction and do whatever behaviors we all have to mm-hmm. escape the conviction. Mm-hmm. So what happened to you? Well, I 
I, I started drinking. I, I was really depressed, and I remember I just made a conscious decision. I was like, you know, this program, it's not working. I'm miserable. And I, I, I stopped going to meetings, and um, I had a drink on an overnight. And it started out, you know, the devil started out fine. Actually, it was fun, to be honest with you. It was the first time I had fun in years. And Bill and I would go out and have a drink at lunch and you know we could have dinner parties and I, I was like okay I've arrived things are cool and then um, sure enough it, it gets worse and worse and worse and pretty soon uh, it's a long story which I won't go into I ended up in treatment and um, that was uh, a good thing because I ended up having to go through group therapy and individual therapy and I got a lot of help and um, went through a lot of my family of origin issues and sexual abuse issues. And um, so it, it, was a, it was a good thing I got help. So when she says it, you know, it was a lot of issues. I mean, Kathy got to where she was very, very inebriated and drunk a lot of the time. And one time she was supposed to be flying, and somebody saw her and knew that she was drunk. And um, it it was a bus driver and some other lady that intervened and helped you get into treatment. Yeah, um, I was. I, I will say I, you know, was extremely proud. So I never, I never drank when I was flying. But I was on. I was going to go commute to see my husband in Denver. And I drank a big glass of vodka, and I was walking towards the employee bus with suitcases, <clears throat> and somehow I fell. I don't know what, because I, I was really, really, really high. <laughs> I fell, and I don't know if I hit my head or what, but I was unconscious on the parking lot. And, you know, people jumped out of the bus, you know, thought, you know, someone tripped and and they helped me onto the bus and um, and I was whisked off to a room and um, sent to treatment. Well, now you're going to have to hang on to the tomorrow and listen to what happens next. I hope that you are finding yourself or part of yourself or your family or in this story and able to. hope that you guys have enjoyed today and I hope that you guys are able to find part of who you are and finding yourself in this process and that you are able to grow through this and be able to pick out some things that are important for you to hang on to. So hang on here for tomorrow's. We're going to hear what happens next to Kathy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Soul Lies is meant for information only. It is not a substitute for counseling.